Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Wednesday, March the 29th, and we start with incredibly sad news that Paul O'Grady has died at the age of 67. We're told the TV and radio star who lived in Kent passed away unexpectedly but peacefully yesterday evening. His partner, Andre Portasio, released a statement. It said he will be greatly missed by his loved ones, friends, family animals and all those who enjoyed his humour, wit and compassion. I know that he would want me to thank you for all the love you've shown him over the years. Well, Paul O'Grady shot to fame as his drag alter ego Lily Savage back in the 80s and 90s. It's rough everywhere now, isn't it? Don't you think? I got my Rolex snatched outside the house. It wasn't like, you know, it was only one for two ninety nine, so I wasn't bothered. I won't tell the insurance that, of course. <laughs> had my handbag nicked as well, had the Elgin marbles in it. Yes. He went on to host shows including Blankety Blank and Blind Date, but it was his love of animals that we all saw in recent years. As he paid regular visits to Battersea Dogs and Cats Home for his programme for the love of dogs. Last year, he was joined by the Queen Consort in a special one-off episode filmed at their rescue centre in Brands Hatch. Well, Peter Price was a friend of Paul's and says he was a national treasure. If he was looking down now with Scylla and Barbara because they were two of his best mates, Barbara Windsor and Scylla Black, and I think he'd be looking down going, what's all the fuss about? What's all the... But I think he'd be secretly um, delighted that he was so loved. Paul lived in Aldington near Ashford and regularly got involved in community events there. Two years ago, he won planning permission to build a new guest house in the grounds of his farm and also planned to improve his blue painted Knoll Hill home by converting the loft into a sixth bedroom. He kept many animals there, including dogs, cats, ducks, geese, sheep, goats, ferrets, New Zealand pigs and even alpacas. And in fact, back in 2011, he adopted a lamb which had been found dumped in a wee Bin. Paul heard about it and contacted the RSPCA, who filmed the moment Paul and little lamb Winston met. Hello, fella. Isn't she lovely? Hey. Yeah, <laughs> I love it when they wag their tails. <laughs> I just thought, God help her, a lamb in a wheelie bin. On the, and what you said on a day like, you know, the way the weather's been. And his eye also, and I thought, well, I'll have him. <laughs> you know, I'll, if they're looking for a home for him, I'll have him, it's no problem. And did you expect it to happen? No, I, I thought it had been snapped. Do you have the British public elections? It goes in the paper. Oh, we love the lamb. But they don't realise it's, it's not that easy looking after the lamb, watching it grow into a sheep. You need space for the start. No good have you know, if you've got a, a flat with a garden. <laughs> Although I'd have been tempted if I'd have had a flat with a garden. So you can't blame people. But um, there's loads of room here. You know, we love a ball. He fell on his feet, he fell on his hooves, literally. Oh no, I'm well aware of what the RSPCA do. And they do good stuff as well. In 2008, Paul was awarded an MBE in the Queen's Birthday Honours for services to entertainment. And last November, he was made a Deputy Lieutenant of Kent, representing the King in the county. Lucy has been reading a tribute from the Lord Lieutenant of Kent. Lady Bella Colgrain describes Paul as a wonderfully warm-hearted and talented man. She says he would always have a welcome smile and a kind word to say. The tribute goes on to mention his 
his love for Kent, where he'd lived for more than 20 years, and his particular fondness of the Romney Marshes. She ends by saying her thoughts are with his husband, Andre. His love of Kent was certainly shown during lockdown when he took us on a tour of the county for Paul O'Grady's Great British Escape. The series saw him visit sites including the White Cliffs of Dover, Hever Castle, Canterbury Cathedral, the Romney Hythe and Dimchurch Railway, the Big Cat Sanctuary and Wildwood. Well, lots of you have been posting tributes on Kent Online today. Here's just a few of them. One says... Kent's kindest, most popular resident, gone far too soon. A very sad day. Another says, what very sad news, a sad loss for all. The animals and humans will miss him greatly. And loved felt condolences to his family and friends at this sad time. We will all miss you greatly and your kind nature and funny ways, R.I. people. Another one has said, a nasty shock, so very sad. Always enjoyed anything Paul did, R.I.P. friend. This next one says, I've never seen a bad word written or heard one spoken about this man. That's a rare and admirable legacy to leave, R.I.P. Paul. Another just adds, a huge loss to man and beast, R.I.P. What sad news, truly one of a kind, he will be sadly missed. R.I.P. Paul slash Lily, you were truly one of a kind. And finally, one says, such an incredible man. May you rest in peace. Sir, you for one will have lots of cuddles waiting for you in heaven from all the animals you saved. Where well, you can head to Kent Online today to leave your tributes. You'll also be able to hear tributes on our sister radio station KMFM throughout the rest of the day. Kent Online News. Other top stories and an investigation is underway following a suspected arson attack at a former pub near Sevenoaks. At Kent Online, you can see drone pictures showing the extent of the damage to the building on South Ash Road in Ash. Six fire engines were called yesterday evening and crews spent more than three hours tackling the flames. People living nearby were initially told to keep doors and windows closed because of the large amount of smoke. We're told no one was hurt. Tributes have been paid to a 26-year-old man who died after after a night out in Chatham. Christopher Cook was found in Kingfisher Drive last March after leaving a party in Lordswood Leisure Centre following an argument. An inquest has revealed he died from hypothermia and a mix of drugs and alcohol. His family have described him as a lovable rogue who would always give help where needed. Follow us on socials today to see a picture of a man with links to Canterbury who's been added to Kent Police's most wanted list. Jake Tozer is wanted for a recall to prison. You're being told to call 101 if you see him. Now we've heard today asylum seekers could be housed on barges and former RAF bases under plans being drawn up by the government. An announcement's expected later as ministers say they want to reduce the number of refugees in hotels. They're looking at sites in Essex and Lincolnshire to accommodate those who cross the channel to Kent in small boats. Well, Deputy Prime Minister Dominic Raab says the current system isn't sustainable. We must end this perverse incentive through the hotels and more generally with the hospitality that in a broader sense this country gives, encouraging the wrong people, which is the criminal gangs uh, and legal migrants to make this very dangerous journey. Critics though say the Home Office can help solve the problem by speeding up asylum applications. We'll have more on this story throughout the afternoon in bulletins on KMFM. Kent Online reports. A boy's been taken to hospital after being hit by a car on Sittingbourne High Street. It happened yesterday evening 
happening near the junction with Bell Road. He's being treated in London for serious injuries, though we're told they are not thought to be life-threatening. A report by inspectors has revealed a person with learning difficulties was pinned down by staff at a care agency based in Ashford. Kent and Medway Domiciliary Care Agency has been placed in special measures. Officials also found some staff punished residents if they didn't behave and use degrading language. Managers say they accept the CQC's findings and are working tirelessly to improve. There are calls for charity collectors not to knock on doors late at night after residents in a part of Medway complained. People living in Lordswood and Walderslade say a man from animal charity Blue Cross was calling at properties at around half eight, leaving some feeling uneasy. The charity say their representatives follow the correct code of conduct, which means they can in fact work until 9pm. Well, you've been letting us know what you think by voting in a poll at Kent Online today. We're asking, should cold callers be allowed to knock on doors late in the evening? Well, at the time of recording today's podcast, just 5% of you said yes, it's the only time people are at home. Well, 14% had said yes, but 9pm is too late. The vast majority had said no. They have other means of promoting awareness and raising funds. We'd love to know what you think. You can leave a comment on the story or indeed you can still vote in that poll. Now, a couple who live off grid in converted shipping containers on land they own near Folkestone have been ordered to demolish their home. Dan and Stacey Bond have lived on the site at Swingfield Minnis since April last year. They also have animals and welcome campers but didn't ever have permission to live there. Dan is concerned they could end up homeless. He's been speaking to our reporter, Reese Griffiths. We're trying to be eco-friendly. We're trying to be sustainable. And even if we did go on the housing list, we're not going to get a house. So unfortunately, that's just the way it is, isn't it? So we've tried to do our best and we can't, can't afford anywhere else. So we've done this and this is what we've got sort of thing. And when did you um, first realise that they were, you know, starting to issue these notices against, you know, building here? Well, literally we we'd moved on and within two weeks we had uh, the chief in planning enforcement officer at the gate um, asking exactly what we were doing. Do you know what I mean? And that was that was where it all started. <laughs> so it's it's never really great. No. And and you've obviously you know you've you've persevered because I think you you evidently believe that this is the right thing. Yeah, to this do. is the right thing for me and my family and the best life for my daughter to be brought up in. Um, and if if we can bring people here to see what they uh, to, to for them to enjoy the place, then all more be it. Do you know what I mean? And they can see a sustainable life and off grid and all the rest of it. And that's all we're trying to be. And your, you know, your impact environmentally is, is it's, negligible, isn't it's, it? It's very, very minimal. I mean, we've upcycled, we upcycle everything. So, I mean, the containers, I mean, for, for the whole cost of the house is about 35, 40 grand. Do you know what I mean? In total, fully off grid for like 40 grand. So it's, it's just, it's so sustainable. It's unreal. So, and if you can upcycle stuff, it's, it's just the way forward, to be honest, in my, in my mind. And tell me a little bit more then about what you've, constructed here so far then in terms of so you've got these two so I assume two shipping containers. yeah so we've got a, we've got a 40 foot shipping container and a 20 foot on top we've got two bedrooms downstairs kitchen bath uh, bathroom downstairs and then the living room upstairs so it's um, slash, office. Uh, slash office yeah <laughs> and then and then decking on the other 
20 foot of the other, the top bottom container. So it's not too sad. And lots of facilities outside to keep animals. And yep, as you say, yep. to build this glamping business mm, where people... Yes. And again, I've, you've shown me it's all, you know, it, it's all sort of upcycling. Yeah, yeah every, everything is upcycled. I mean, we try to avoid buying anything new because it's just not in the ethos of the place. So it's it's trying to it's trying to do the best for the surrounding area. And obviously people from last year when we had campers on people loved it people absolutely loved the fact that it, there was loads of self-sufficiency and, and there's just loads of it it's um it's just great and obviously it's safe here because they can't get out onto the road because of the gates and everything else it's all electric so they they can't they can't get anywhere and the kids are, the kids can just roam around the, the land without having too much problems um so and it's nice it's peaceful it's lovely up here so it's great do you feel that this is the kind of living that the council should actually be encouraging people to? Uh, yeah, definitely. If they, if they like encourage this sort of thing, then people would be people could do it. Um unfortunately, if they if people want to be on the they'll go get on a council list, then there'll be council houses. There's not enough houses as it is, let alone for anyone to to bow to get and um, we're we're fortunate we were we could get the land in the first place and I think there should be more opportunities out there for for youngsters to to work a sustainable life. I mean we've got our vegetable plots, we've got our meat, we've got we've got everything here that we're growing and and producing ourselves. We've got our eggs and the lot. Do you know what I mean? It's and just trying to trying to be as self sufficient as we can. Do you know what I mean? Not relying on other people, sort of thing. So. Where it is, isn't it? You can see pictures of their home and the site by heading to Kent Online. Councillors voted unanimously in favour of enforcement action at a planning committee meeting last week. Kent Online reports. Campaigners say an access road to a traveller site near New Ash Green is still blighted by rubbish, despite efforts by the council to tackle fly tipping. Pictures on the website today show litter along the entrance to Barnfield Park. The authority says a significant investment has been made to clear the area and put up new fencing. They add that tidying smaller pieces of rubbish is down to the local council. Meantime, a country lane on the outskirts of Maidstone has been closed off after a load of rubbish was dumped there. Teams are investigating the fly tipping on Parkwood Lane in Stablehurst. The council say the road could be shut for up to seven days until it's cleaned. There are calls for the speed limit along a main route into Tunbridge to be reduced following a number of crashes. At the moment, vehicles travelling on Shibham Road can go at 50 miles per hour, but campaigners say that's too fast. The council say the road has been reviewed and reducing speed limits isn't always the best course of action. A painting by former Prime Minister Sir Winston Churchill has been returned to Hever Castle. He completed the landscape view of gardens during one of his many visits to the site near Edenbridge in the 1930s. It'll now form part of an exhibition about the building. It's been confirmed the music video for Ed Sheeran's latest song was filmed right here in Kent. He shared pictures on Instagram of the historic dockyard in Chatham where he worked on the Eyes Closed piano version. He also posed for pictures with staff at a restaurant in Aylesford last week. And finally, a former soldier from Kent is embarking on an epic mission to climb Everest, despite the fact he doesn't have either of his legs. Harry Mudamaga from Canterbury was seriously injured in an IED explosion while serving in Afghanistan in 2010. He hopes to become the first double above-the-knee amputee to climb the world's tallest mountain. You know, this 
disability is not chosen. I didn't choose to be, uh, choose to be disabled. And I'm sure there are many people who will be having the same. Uh, how many do you think? Uh, how many do you think disabled people, uh, you know, disabled people uh, became through the earthquake just recently in, uh, you know, uh, Turkey and uh, Syria? So, so it, 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 I think it's, it's a crazy, crazy, uh, crazy. But also, you know, road traffic accident, just normal day-to-day walk or something. Just you, you know, you are just pissed off, and uh, you, you, you know, in the swimming pool, you jump down shallow and you break your back or something like that. And so, <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know, it could could happen in the morning when you're having a fun or or something, uh, something natural disaster and something like that. So. It is, one thing is, it's something happens that makes sure uh, people can, you know, believe themselves that they can able to live their life still. They don't feel sorry for themselves. In Nepal, many people think that, uh, you know, disabled is sin of previous life. And once you're disabled, it's a burden of the earth. And not just Nepal, but many countries around the world is uh, seen that way. So, so the thing is, make sure disabled people are encouraged and they can able to do things, they have the courage to do that. Um, and, you know, they can challenge themselves and live the good life. Another thing is like uh, I was banned from climbing Mount Everest, right? So it is very important uh, that, you know, we make uh, awareness to our families who can support us well, but also we can make awareness up to um, to the uh, authorities there so they don't ban disabled people and mm-hmm. instead of they support, support it. So that is really so need to change the perception on people with the disability. So that is the my pretty much number one agenda for 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 this. Um, and also um, here, uh, you know, you know, especially in the Western world, disabled people are not just kind of poor, miserable, and live after benefits. You know, people, the disabled people can also be a, a successful and happy and live a meaningful life. You know, that's that, 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 that. And people who can't look after themselves can't make a decision themselves, and they, they should be lived with, the, you know, uh, dignity and respect, you know. And those are the things that we need to kind of, I think, uh, make awareness of that. And that is that's the main aim. But in another thing is, for me, is it's very important uh, that you know, hopefully, these things to what I'm doing will inspire other people to um, climb their own mountain or uh, you know achieve their own dreams, mm-hmm. uh, or even just uh, you know uh, you know get up from your um, couch and live and you know you know do something you know. So so even whatever the mountain they have, that when I can give a little courage to kind of motivation to give, give it to them and that would be great. Harry would use specially created prosthetics and has had to raise hundreds of thousands of pounds to carry out the challenge. It's been a lifetime ambition after growing up in Nepal in the shadow of the mountain. We do wish Harry all the very best. Kent Online Sports. Cricket and Kent are taking on Essex in a pre-season friendly. The three-day game at Canterbury comes ahead of their opening match of the season next week. Can you believe it is cricket season already we do need the weather to brighten up just a little bit it's free to go and watch over the next few days at the Spitfire Ground St Lawrence in Canterbury and a popular kickboxing club is still looking for a permanent home a year after having to leave their base in Maidstone Demons used to be above Bath store on Tunbridge Road but had
had to move out when the building was sold. They've got more than 100 members and are currently holding sessions at a primary school, but say it's not big enough. If you do have a facility they could use, you can find their details by clicking on the story on the website. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also get an update of the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. And to sign up to that, you just need to head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.